Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Welcome to the day. Happy Tuesday for those joining us live, for those joining us wherever it is you're joining us. Thank you so much for being a part of this. It's great to be back with you again. We've been talking yesterday, we started the conversation about really where we're going to next, which is this world of, of traits, of being able to understand who we are, get underneath the different ways in which we operate in this world, and start to take every sort of glass piece of this stained glass window, if you will, that is our lives. In many ways, that's how life is. We have within us a, a life force, an energy that is infinite. It's the, it's, the, it's the craziness of being a human being. It's so crazy that most people don't even, they can't even understand it. You know what I'm saying? Like most people won't even think this way. They, they, they can't allow them to think this way. It turns their lives upside down. It makes things too significant and purposeful to deal with. It's better just to not even think about it. But it's this week's Torah portion. God creates man. He creates man in two totally conflictory, conflictory, conflictory ways. From the earth, even the name, the Hebrew name for man is Adam which is from the word Adama, which is the ground. And then the, the, the Bible says, and I'll say it in Hebrew and I'll translate, He blew into the man this piece of earth, this clay figure, if you will. He blew into him a, a soul, a piece of something divine. And so each of us are always grappling with these two worlds the world of the earth and the world of the of the spiritual and the earth the part of us that comes from the ground if you can imagine it is like the glass window to the soul that is within us some people have worked on their bodies so much They've worked on being selfish so expertly, expertly that their glass window is basically black. It, it's, so, it's so filled with themselves. It's so filled with this world. The overwhelming need to be constantly physical and physical and physical, the taking, the taking, the taking. What ends up happening is these individuals, their light's still there. They're just, it just can't shine through. It just doesn't, they don't feel it. There's an emptiness that they feel. There's a lack of light that they share. When you encounter them, you're unmoved by them. I think all of us, if you've worked in corporate America, have had one or two bosses like this that have achieved a little bit too much success too early in life. You know those guys? Usually they're men. They're women sometimes too, in my experience. They're women like that too, but usually it's men. A little bit too full. A little bit too, too successful. They, they think they know a little bit too much. 
and they terrorize probably everybody in their homes. But when they get to work, you're, you're being paid to get terrorized, especially if you're working in like real corporate America, like multiple, like, you know, 500 plus people in a firm America where like, you're really nothing but a number. They pay you way too much money to walk away because you're in a bad mood and your job really is just take it on the chin. And when you see some of these people, you just can't, you're wondering why it's, they still, they have the infinite in them like everybody else, but their outsides are like black. So just being in the room makes you uncomfortable. And our goal in life is to clean the glass and to paint it and to make it beautiful and to take this body of ours conceptually and to create this glass, stained glass front based on working on our traits so that when we wake up in the morning, that infinite soul can just shine right through and influence ourselves influence everybody around us. So we're going to start going through some of these. And today I want to start with the first. There's a great book out there called The Ways of the Righteous. And in that book, it details a lot of these traits. This is work. This is spiritual work. This is not 2020 work. This is work that great people have been doing for, for centuries. In this book, The Ways of the Righteous, the author of the book describes the foundation of all traits, or what he says is the, the ornament of all traits. When you have this, no, it's not, it's a different book, Michael. When, when you have this, everything changes. And when you don't, everything is influenced. And this trait that we're going to begin with that I think will sound simple when we first say it, but as we break it down, it'll start to, we'll start to realize that this may be the most difficult that we're going to do in some ways. And it is, you'll see why this is the foundation of everything else. The, the, the essential trait that we're going to begin with is a trait, I'll say it in Hebrew and then I'll translate it, called zirizut or Zerizus, depending on what part of the world your parents are, you're from. That translates, I think, directly to the word zeal. Sometimes the word zealous has been taken out of context, like a zealot. When you look at a zealot, you're like, that guy's a psychopath. But the word zealous or zeal is a trait. Another way to do, use it to, to describe it is enthusiasm. I'm not talking about Mesil Sushram. This is called Orchos Tzadikim. What does it mean? What is zeal? And I want to use the word zeal because I want to, I think we should take the word back. Like it's a word in the English language that no one ever uses. Like if you ever heard somebody say, yeah, I was walking yesterday and I felt like I really was using zeal. And I, as I was accomplishing that task, you're like, what are you talking about? Did you say zeal? Like, what are you, the Oxford English Dictionary? Like what do you, zeal? Who uses zeal? Except for your professor. Well, we're gonna use it now. So we're taking zeal back. We're gonna use zeal. And you know I'll be great about using zeal? Because when you speak to somebody, 
and you say zeal, you'll know if they're part of the daily boost. Because if you're not on the daily boost, you're not using the word zeal. What is zeal? What is that? What is that trait? Why do some people have it? I remember when I was a kid, I was in seventh grade. And the, for me, at least seventh grade was the year to play basketball. I mean, my whole high school career was just basketball. So I made the team in seventh grade, the elementary school team, the Flappish Falcons. And in my eighth grade year, I was already like, you know, I was a regular, I was on the team ready for a year, right? So one of the, one of the, um, the perks of being a returnee is you get to, they, they get to pretend that you have a say in who gets picked next. So I'll never forget our coach um, sort of sets, sat us down and goes, so, you know, come to practice, come to tryouts and watch. And, um, and tell me what you think. So we all gave in our opinions. This guy's got a good jump shot. This guy can take it to the hoop. And my coach had wrote down the first five minutes, first five minutes when he saw them play, the names, okay? He closed the paper and he put it away. We spent three hours fighting who should make the team. When it was done, we had our list. And he takes out his piece of paper from the first five minutes and he lines up our paper with his paper and it was the exact same list. I'm like, holy cow, how did you do that? What are you, a prophet? He goes, no, nah, you're looking for the wrong things. You're seeing if he can play, and then, and then, and then. He goes, I'm looking for one thing. And when you find this one thing, you'll see at the end of the day, after all the deliberation, you get to the same place I get to. He says, you can't, there's one thing that you can't, you can't fake. You can fake a couple of things. He goes, you can't, you can't fake hustle. I know Rob's going to love this. You can't fake hustle. If you got hustle in eighth grade, I can teach you how to play basketball. Because if you got no hustle, you can be Michael Jordan's heir apparent. You ain't gonna play ball on my team. If you look to see what is the trait that takes people the furthest, what's the trait that drives success, real success. It's a trait that we use different words for, but it's the same concept. It's called hustle. It's like Ratzon. It's enthusiasm. It's zeal. It's this feeling that some people seem to express, which is when I am in front of something, the way I respond to that thing that I'm in front of is with passion. In fact, it's not that I respond even in deliberation as much as I respond with passion. And if I have a deliberative thought, it's through the mechanism of passion. And if I have something to say or to do or not to do, the car that carries this way of acting, thinking, or talking, that it's, it's, an, it's engulfed in passion, in enthusiasm. You see a kid playing basketball when he's young and you're a coach, you're thinking, you think I got to take some kid who thinks he's a ball player already? This eighth grade kid who thinks because he like watched a couple of videos, 
I want the kid who, who wants it. I want the kid who's going to wake up in the morning, have a stomach ache, whatever, not sick, but come to practice anyways and play his hardest. I want the kid who when the ball bounces out of bounds, he dives for it. Because if I can get that, if I can get that trait called zeal for learning the game, for playing the game, for working at the game, I, the coach says, can put in the information. But on the flip, if I give him all the information, but he doesn't have, he can have the skill for the game. He doesn't have the enthusiasm for the game. He's not going to last. It's, it, it, something's going to get in the way. It's not a good investment. When you have passion for your marriage, you figure out a way to make, make it work. When you have passion for raising your children, this happens all the time. Kids are super exciting until they're like seven or eight. At some point in the life of a parent, the, the cuteness, the, 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 na- the naivete that we love, the, it, it starts to wane and they become like, you know, tweens and then teens. And then like in many homes, like the kids are just there. They take care of themselves. They don't need you as much. And then they hit like a wall in school and then like it gets annoying because there's someone next to them that's much more successful or easier to handle or manage. And I got someone else going on. If I don't bring a passion in my parenting, if I don't bring an enthusiasm in how can I make my kids the best that they can possibly be, if I had a wall at school, I had a wall with their disrespect or I had a wall with their, their lack of desire to get out of bed or to do homework or to listen or whatever it is. If my response to my children is with a lack of enthusiasm in my parenting, the kids aren't going to be as great as they can be. Period. End of story. We, we, miscon- we misconceive, we, we confuse that the people that are the most successful are the smartest. They're not. There's a bunch of traits that we're going to talk about. This isn't the only one. But really, when you break it down, and I don't mean, when I mean enthusiasm, people make this mistake all the time. This is like a personal peeve of mine, to be honest. Like people think sometimes like I talk, like they, they, they like, they misconstrue the like, they think like, like I just like yell and scream as like a, as like a, as like a mechanism to, 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 to speaking. They're like, calm down. I'm like, what, what? I'm not even going crazy. Like as if, and I'm telling you this because I'm telling this because like I lived in that world. I lived in that, like, you know, that like ivory, that ivory tower world of like intellectuals for so many years, so many years between Columbia and between Davis Polk and like so many years surrounded by like these intellectuals. And I can tell you that there is this like undercurrent, this like this unspoken reality where like, if you're too excited about something, it shows that like, you're not as sophisticated intellectually. It's like people that are like intellectuals, they're not, they're not excited. You hear what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if you experienced it. I, I like lived around it for so many years. I was like smelling it. It's like, it's like, it's like a thing to be, a, you know, a drop cynical. Calm down. The way you speak like that. There's a little bit of like that. You don't see like a, 
a senior professor at Columbia Law School getting pumped about torts. You know, like he is professing with a certain stability of his voice. And when someone gets too passionate, it's like, what are you doing? People misconstrue ability for coolness. This is how life works. Each of us are built with a certain, we're going to delve into this. Each of us have the four elements of this world. There are four basic elements of this world was created. This is the Parsha. This is the Torah portion of creation. Remember, creation, the story of creation in the Bible isn't like a history book. It's, the Bible's not a history book. This is not that. It's a spiritual book. It uses the physical world like as its way of pulling lessons out. And one of the core lessons is the world was created with four elements, earth, fire, water, and air. And these four elements take place in the world and they take place in each and every one. Me and you are built with these elements. The element of fire is an element of passion. It can get lost. We'll talk about it. But the element that we were from is the element of earth. And earth has a certain heaviness to it. A certain laziness to it. It's a stability. And when we think about the growth of our lives, we have to recognize that every one of us comes into this world with different elements that we're navigating around. And when we use the elements differently in every situation, it's like we're using a compound that is appropriate. Like what's happening now with the vaccine is a chemical compilation in order to create the right amount of different properties to help with this particular virus. Once we start to learn how to work with our elements, the fire that's within us, the water that's within us, the earth that's within us and the air that's within us, we go out in the world and know how to use it. And really the misuse of it is really what causes a lot of the, the lack of success. And one of the great misuses is the, is the use of earth. Because earth keeps us heavy, keeps us stable, keeps us cool. Fire. We misuse it. We don't know how to use it right. And if you can look at the evolution of our lives, and we'll talk about this a lot this week, you see it play out. Because when kids are little, they're all fire. That's why you love them so much. They're all fire. Three-year-olds are on fire. Put them in a classroom and you give them a hammer and they're the happiest kids in the world. They, you just give them anything. If they're young enough, anything. You make it fun and they're having fun. You know what I'm saying? Like you build a sukkah, you give them like something to do and like you give them like they're in charge of decorations and they're just like happy. There's no like judgment. They're on fire. They're kids. They're young. And then something happens along the way where the fire gets a place with earth. Earth is too cool. Even earth, when you touch it, it's cool. It's the counterbalance to fire. Begin with fire. Then something happens along the way. You take that same kid and then like, he's 17. You're like, can you help him build a sukkah? And he's like, what? what? He's too cool. Right? The kid's five. He sees a new kid come to class. He's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. You want to play? The kid's 16. And this new guy comes to class. He's like, who are you? 
how do you go from being on fire to being too cool? It's the process of life. It's the process of enthusiasm. It's the loss of zeal. It takes place in us, in all of us, which we have to delve into. We have to understand, because this isn't like hip, hip, hooray stuff. Don't mistake that what we're doing right now is not like, yes, we can hip, hip, hooray. Like, don't lose that. This is like underlying the core. When one of the great, when, when, when of the greatest scholars in Jewish history and one of the greatest books that have lasted have been saying that the foundation of all traits is enthusiasm and zeal. What they're saying is this stuff is really complicated and really important. It's manipulating who we are. It's going back to that child within us with the brain of an adult. It's understanding that when you show up to something unenthusiastic, you've already lost, right? And, I'm, and with this, I know it's already time. You, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, could, I just had this with the sukkah. Some of my kids are more excited to help than others. So we're taking down the sukkah last two nights ago or last night. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, everybody, let's do this together as a family. You know that feeling? Any parent love that feeling of like, you're like, let's do it as a family. And like, some of the kids are like, no, I don't want to do that. So one of my children like came out to help, like, like begrudgingly, you know, like huffed and puffed and like hemmed and hawed and like helped. And as soon as he picked up the first bit of wood, I was like, go inside. Just go. It's fine. Like, I got it. Like, I can do it. I just wanted to make this fun for the family. He, he already lost before he even did anything. In life, many times, we already lose if we come up to the game unenthusiastic. When we show up to work, to life, to God, to each other, when we show up without zeal, we don't know, but we've already lost the game. Because zeal really is the game itself. We'll talk about it. All right, everybody, think about this today. Go through your day. Be an observer. Look at the parts of your life. Look at the people in your life and measure their level of zeal, of enthusiasm, and see if you can connect the dots. Go to work and see, hmm, what is it about this guy or that woman? Go home, walk the streets, think. Think about the people that you respect most in your, in your life. See where this trait comes out. Okay, have an awesome day. Make it full of zeal. Look forward to God's help to see you again tomorrow.